Marriage in the Victorian era had many layers, full of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and was different for every woman. Race, social status, location, and personality were all major factors that could either make or break a marriage taking place during this time. In the novel Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, marriage is shown in a bad light when it is used as a business transaction, solely meant to gain wealth. With characters like Jane and Rochester, Bronte is able to portray her ideal idea of marriage, the union of two like-minded people who have fully and completely realized that they cannot live without each other. The prequel to Jane Eyre, Wide Circasso Sea, by Jean Rhys, exemplifies Bronte's belief that a marriage based on an addition of wealth will never be complete. Rochester's original marriage, one of the factors of why Jane believed she could not marry him in Jane Eyre, explores why race, wealth, and a lack of love can ruin a marriage. Both of Rochester's wives, Jane and Antoinette, had completely different experiences while being married to him. Today, we will listen to both women speak about their past and present marriages to figure out if Rochester's treatment of them was the reason, or if their excuses to wed was the reason why their marriages ended so differently. I'm Lizzie Scala, and welcome to my podcast. First off, we're going to be exploring the reasons why Jane and Antoinette married Edward Rochester, and of course, figuring out why one marriage ended in love and the other ended in hate. Now, Antoinette, why did you marry Mr. Rochester? Marrying Rochester was not my choice. When I was young, I had many men lining up to marry me, but I listened to my family instead. They believed that marrying a pure Englishman would elevate our social status due to the fact that we were Creole. Not knowing any better, I married Rochester without realizing how little I knew about the man. A few years into our marriage, I learned his side of the story. He was heavily pursued by his father that we wed because I came from wealth and all of my money would be handed over to him if we married. This was unbeknownst to me. When Rochester came to visit with his brother and father, he was intrigued by my beauty. How could you not be? And we got married. He states that 30,000 pounds have been paid to me without question or condition. No provision made for her. I have a modest competence now. I will never be a disgrace to you or to my dear brother, the son you love. I have sold my soul or you have sold it. And after all, is it such a bad bargain? Our matrimony was not out of love or affection. Rather, it was a business transaction that did not benefit me in any way. To be devil's advocate, Rochester was tricked into marrying me too but at least he got something out of our marriage. I guess, in a way, my life was always going to end this way. I was not white, and I suffered isolation from both blacks and whites. My family was wealthy, but that could only get me so far. Everything my mother did was to regain her social status after rumors degraded her reputation. Marrying Mr. Mason was the final collapse because he chose everything for her. I even believe that he was the one who pushed me to marrying Rochester. He didn't care about my well-being. He wanted me off his hands, and my mother only agreed because being married to a white man would grant me some prestige. Wow, Antoinette, thank you for your response. I know strength to stay in a marriage like that is hard. Now, Jane, why did you marry Mr. Rochester? Edward and I were a little bit off and on for a while. I was concealing my feelings. He was using trickery to make me confess my love. It was a whole big mess. After his first proposal, I ran away because I needed to clear my head. He was so much older than than I was. He was the only man that I had conversed with on a romantic level in my entire life, and our relationship, or lack thereof, felt forced at the time. 
Once I met m- with my newly found cousins and almost married Sinjin Rivers, I was ready to go back to Edward because I realized that my life would never be complete without him. I had missed a lot during my absence, but when I arrived at Edward, he was extremely delighted. His words were, Jane, you must not go. No, I have touched you, heard you, felt the comfort of your presence, the sweetness of your consolation. I cannot give up these joys. I have little left of myself. I must have you. After being reunited, our love for each other only grew. We had sorted out all of our issues from the past and realized that we are two exceptionally minded people that were made for each other. I contemplated marrying him many times over. I believe that if I agreed to our first proposal, I would not be married to him today. Giving myself time and space helped me realize that I could not survive without him. Our marriage is wholesome, filled with tenderness and warmth, and I married Edward because he's the only one who truly understands me on this earth. Jane, I wish I will have a relationship as strong as yours with Rochester is someday. Alright ladies, we're going to delve deeper into what your marriages looked like with Rochester. Antoinette, how did Rochester treat you when you were married to him? Rochester and I were doomed from the beginning. Our marriage was merely on the basis of secrets and lust. So I'm not surprised him and I are not together today. At first I believed that Rochester cared for me. He was reserved and quiet, but I thought it was him getting used to living in a new unknown place far away from home. He didn't share many of his feelings with me and neither did I. There were nights, though, when it looked like he actually cared for me. Looking back on it, it was all a facade. He made me happy, or at least the idea of him. It was nice to have someone who traveled all the way from England for me that was all of my own. One thing that astonished me was his treatment towards my beliefs and culture. They were definitely new to him and unorthodox compared to his traditions, but those are not valid reasons to look upon my customs negatively. The letter from my supposed brother, Daniel Causeway, put the final nail in our marriage's coffin. Once Causeway put the idea that I might end up crazy, Rochester believed that it was my inescapable future. People would talk about my mother's illness, but it had no correlation to my mental state at the time. Rochester began to avoid me and believed that anything I did was because I was insane. My final breaking point was when he started calling me Bertha. That was not my name, and hearing it makes my skin crawl. He dehumanized me and showed all of the power he had over me, taking the last thing in my life that was truly mine and getting rid of it. I still remember how I felt the first time he called me Bertha. I heard him say, good night, Bertha, and I thought, he never calls me Antoinette now. He has found out it was my mother's name. Then he said, I hope you sleep well, Bertha. I assure you, I did not sleep well that night. Basically, Lizzie, to sum up my answer to your question, Rochester treated me in a way that no wife should be treated. God, Rochester really was tough. So Jane, how did Rochester treat you during your marriage? I'll admit that Edward and I have a rocky history, but I believed he loved me all along. We went from him calling me a witch when I first met him to leaving Blanche Ingram for me. I never wanted a traditional marriage. Giving up all my possessions, even money, to a man who would only look at me as his property... Edward understood my level of thinking and wanted me to express myself more. I began telling him that I believed in equality and was just as good as him. He toyed with me all along, saying things that he knew would get a response from me, but he was like our little game. We could go back and forth with our differing opinions, and sometimes it ended in fights, but it made our relationship stronger. After I told him that I was a free human being with an independent will, he understood that I would not be subservient to him. After our first engagement, he tried to pamper me, but that did not go as planned. 
I think you just needed to realize that I am not like the other girls who mix up affection with pretty dresses and jewelry. Even when I was just Adele's governess, Edward acknowledged me as something more. He would talk to me for hours, let me participate in events with his guests, and trusted me to take care of Richard Masson when Antoinette stabbed him. Sorry, girl, didn't mean to bring you into this. When he was conflicted, he confided in me. When he was lonely, he seeked my company. When he was hurt, he found comfort in me. He was mine and I was his, equals in each other's eyes. During our marriage, he needed me the most and accepted my help. He was blind after the fire at Thornfield, but never lost sight of his need for me, even when we were separated. Looking back right now, I've realized how much love there is in the midst of our confusing relationship. Now that we have heard from both women and their trials during their marriages to Mr. Rochester, we will draw our conclusions. Antoinette has shown that her marriage is not complete. She was lonely, treated poorly, taken advantage of, and faced constant suffering. Through her, we see why a marriage based upon money is not correct. Besides all of Antoinette's drama with her sanity, racial, and social statuses, Rochester did not show her any love. He used her, and she was an afterthought to him. Jane had a very different experience. This could have been because Rochester used his marriage with Antoinette as trial and error, he was older and more wise at the time of their marriage, or it could have been because Jane was different. One thing is for sure, though, he loved Jane. Their relationship blossomed naturally, and yes, it did have some bumps in the road, but it worked out in the end. Seeing their success, we learn that spending time developing a more complex relationship and building affection is the best way to, ve- to develop a strong marriage. Now, Antoinette and Jane, do you have any last remarks? My marriage was tough, and I hope no other woman will have to endure what I went through inside my forced marriage to Rochester. I never felt more pain than what he put me through. Hating everyone I loved, not appreciating my affection, not taking my humanity seriously. We should never have been together in the first place. Greed brought me to my breaking point and ultimately caused an end to my life. I will agree with you on your statement, Lizzie. Marriages built on the transfer of wealth are doomed from the beginning. Marriage is supposed to be the union of two people who care for each other endlessly, and that was not Rochester and I. I don't believe that Edward and I are the perfect example of marriage, but our dysfunctional union is filled with joy. I believe that he loves me so truly that he knows no reduction in profiting by my attendance. He felt I loved him so fondly that to yield that attendance was to indulge in my sweetest wishes. We cannot spend a day without profiting from the other's company. I will never get sick of Edward, and my love for him will grow every day I spend with him. Back to your argument, Lizzie. You are completely correct when you say that both the circumstances for marriage and the treatment by a spouse can drastically help or hurt a marriage. Today, forced marriages like Antoinette's are not as common, but men and women are still unhappy in matrimony. This can be a result of abuse, lack of communication, emotional infidelity, stress about money, overstepping boundaries, and so on. Still, Jane's success and Antoinette's struggles hold significance in these instances. Not every marriage will end in triumph, but that should not deter anyone from finding someone to love. At the end of the day, love and affection are the ultimate necessities anyone in a relationship needs. In our modern world, there are many solutions that can fix a broken marriage or relationship, such as therapy. When Antoinette and Jane were alive, this was not an option for them. Instead, a marriage is based on pure luck. Were you going to find someone who actually loves you, or are you going to be stuck with someone who despises you? We should celebrate our modern marriage because of how progressive it is. The, through Jane and Antoinette's struggles, we should see how much freedom and choice we have in our lives. Antoinette cannot leave relationship, but today, many people are able to leave unhappy marriages and relationships that they are in. 
I'm not saying that all marriages today are successful and filled with love, but they are definitely better than that of in Victoria era. Finally, I'm going to ask you, the listener, a question. Why do you think the two marriages to the same man ended so differently?